the title of the message today is, is Light in the Darkness. Let me read a passage for you, uh, because in this passage, uh, Jesus is talking and he shares his vision for your life. His vision for your life. He shares his vision for my life. Uh, and so he reads like this. He goes, you are the light of the world. When the world looks at you, you're going to be a light. He says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. He wants, to, he wants a lot of people to look at you. That's what he's saying. He wants a lot of people to look at you. He puts it on a stand to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, people are going to be watching our actions, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So in so many words, he's saying, I'm going to heaven. I've been down here for 33 years. I'm going to heaven. Now from here on out, I'm not going to be the one doing the preaching because I'm going to be in heaven preparing a place for you. But all of you, you're going to be like a light. People are going to look to you for answers. People are going to look to you for direction. People are going to look to you for encouragement. And, and I'm not going to let you hide either. Uh, I'm gonna, I want you to be like a, like a light up on a stand. And so I just want to say for, for all of us, if that's something that excites you, in contrast, if it doesn't excite you, uh, you might be a person that just says, look, Frankie, I just want to get to heaven. All right. That's, I just want to get to heaven. Um, that's that's as far as I want to go. And if that's the case, that's OK. It's kind of OK. Um, uh, but uh, uh, to the people in the room that say, look, just getting to heaven, that's not enough. I want to bring people with me. And if God has an assignment on my life, I want to complete it uh, for you. That's the assignment. He wants you to be a light. He wants you to share a message. And, and I like this quote right here. I can't remember where I heard it. It says, preach loudly, and if you have to, use words. And so he wants to use you. And, and in order to do that, we've got to do two things, and we've got to do two things very well. Number one is we have to surrender our life. We have to completely surrender our life. And what does that mean? That means this. As a child, uh, when we grow up, we're laser focused on what we want to do and who we want to be and, and how rich we're going to be and all that kind of good stuff. I used to have cars and Ferraris on my wall and, and uh, I used to walk down the hallway of Lamar University where I went to school and tell people, when I graduate, you're not even going to know me. That's what I used to say. You're not even going to know me. I'm going to be so rich, you'll, you're not even going to know me. And now they're all laughing. Yeah, we still know you, Frankie. Um, but you have all these dreams, hopes, and desires. And, and, and coupled with that is we've got to surrender our life. You know, it's, it's great to be able to provide for your family in, in magnificent ways and, and have a beautiful home and give your kids beautiful things and drive beautiful cars. I mean, that's all beautiful and that's awesome. And, and that's really great. But, but it shouldn't ever, ever, ever compete with your devotion to fulfill the assignment that's on your life. Let me just tell you, the assignment that's on your life is eternal. It has an eternal effect. So anything that isn't going to go to heaven with you, that's not part of God's assignment for your life. 
God's assignment for your life has an eternal impact. And the things that we do here, you know, Paul had his own business. He sold tents, owning your own business and being profitable. That's all very, very good. But it's an eternal assignment that's most important to God. And I just want to let you know, if we're going to do that, we have to come to the place where we say, God, that is important to me. I want to be effective. The second thing that we've got to really be focused in on is that we've got to invest our life. So we surrender our life and then we invest our life. Investing our life takes a whole bunch of different forms. Um, You can invest your time. You can invest your talents. And you can invest your finances. Those are the three things. What I find in Western world is of those three things, the the most challenging one for most people is their time. Um, People would rather write a check than invest their time. Um, Right after that is their talents. Uh, It's so interesting because the talents are so closely related to time. Um, uh, of the three, uh, the writing a check or investing financially seems to be the easiest. Um, by all means, I mean, you can stop at a red light, roll your window down and hand somebody some cash. Those are, it's, it's the easiest of the three. But all three of them are very, very, very important. And one cannot take the place of the other. The biggest thing is, does this interest you? Does it interest you? to contribute to the kingdom of God? Is it something that you're willing to invest your life into? Is it something that you're willing to actively invest your life into? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to invest? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to invest? If you're taking notes today, would you please write this down? In order to have the peace of God, we've got to have peace with God. In order to have the peace of God, you got to have peace with God. What does that mean? Oftentimes we'll come before the Lord and say, Lord, I need your peace. I want your peace. But there's something between you and God that needs to be discussed, that needs to be dealt with. The Bible says this, that he puts his laws on our hearts. He puts it on our hearts. So you'll feel the Holy Spirit tug you and pull you and say, don't say that. Stop saying that. Do say that. Talk now. Talk now. Now's the word. I put this thought in your head to share right now. I put it in your head yesterday, but right now is the time to share it. You'll feel it on the inside of you. Or he'll say, take this out of your life. Put this in your life. And when you're at peace with God, then you can experience the peace with God. It's a lot of times, let me give you an example with my wife. If me and my wife are at odds, if, if, if we're in a huge argument, she's mad at me, which happens often. If, if, if we're arguing with each other, we're not at peace with each other, that would not be a good time to ask for a favor. All the married people said, Amen. That would not be a good time to ask for something because we're not at peace with each other. And a lot of times we just got to come before God and say, Lord, are we at peace with each other? Let me say this as well in our relationship with God. If you fear God, you won't fear anything else. 
If you fear God, you won't fear anything else. What does fearing God mean? Fearing God means I am in awe of you. When I think about you, God, you're absolutely amazing and I love you and and I thank you. I am in awe of you. And when you live your life like that, that's called being in fear of the Lord. And another way of saying it is you're in fear to be without the Lord. And when you live that way, you don't fear anything else because you know you have the creator of the universe on our side. There's this tension that we have to have on the inside of our heart that we pay attention to him while we're responsible for the things that we're responsible for on this earth. There has to be this perfect tension. It's not like you can just quit your job and just walk around telling people about Jesus all day long. And at the same time, you you, you can't just work, work, work and not accept your responsibility. There there has to be this tension. Uh, Let me see if I can illustrate this in a a visual way. Oh, yeah. Obladi, oblada, life go. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help me, Jesus. Jesus. I, I can't play the guitar. That's why you're laughing. Uh, I do know four chords, though. I'll take your job right now. That was right. It was a C. C? Huh? Uh, I have four chords in my repertoire, and all I do is I go through these same four chords, and I just, I look at my wife like, you see what I'm doing right now, right? You see, you, see, you want me to sign your guitar? I'll sign it. Um, what, I don't know anything about music. I don't know anything about guitars. What I do know is that there has to be a certain amount of tension on this wire. If it's not tight enough. Is it flat? Huh? Uh, it's flat. If it's too tight, it's sharp. There has to be this perfect amount of tension. And I just want to encourage us today that in order to be that light, there should be that tension on the inside of our spirit. Well, we're paying attention to the physical things, the physical responsibilities, our job, the natural things. But at the same time, we recognize that if we're going to be everything and we're going to make that sound, if you will, here on earth, we've got to be particularly interested in what God wants from us. And, and what I've learned for me, and I, I just want to just share this. I don't know if anyone here has ever been in a depression before, but I have. It was about four and a half years ago. I got went to a deep depression because uh, the church was growing. We had moved into this building. And I sat down with my father and I said, I don't understand. The church is growing. We have a beautiful building, which was a really big deal at the time because we were in the high school. We've got beautiful kids. We've got a wonderful wife. I love where we live. Is this everything that life has to offer? Because if this is everything life has to offer, I'm disappointed. And it was a very scary moment in my life. Because I'm preaching, I'm telling people about Jesus. And it was just very scary. So my dad said, you know, Frank, why don't you get out of town? Come with me, I'm going to Guatemala. 
He goes, um, our church sponsors these, these kids. Just come with me, get out of town. We fly to Guatemala. We land in Guatemala City. Then we fly into Chio on this little plane. We get out of this little puddle jumper plane. And um, these kids start running up to my dad. And these Guatemalan girls and guys start running up. And they're all crying because they don't eat if it's not for their church. I see what's happening and I start crying. And it dawned on me at that moment that the reason why I had been feeling so hollow and so depressed is that there was another level of investment that the Lord was calling me to that I was not aware of. And so oftentimes, whenever we're feeling unfulfilled, we're actually being called towards fulfillment if that makes sense. And so I'm in there and I'm spending time and I'm realizing everything that I'm seeing. And I meet the local pastor down there. His name is Pastor Renee. And he and his wife have invested their life into Chiho, Guatemala. And he builds this, this church and these people just come. And now he's got seven different churches up in the mountains that they see. And I told him, I said, let me see your house. I saw his house and it's like an adobe house, adobe mud or wood that they put together. I'm just like, you don't have any running water. You don't have any electricity. His wife bathes. This is the pastor's wife bathes in this big bucket. And it was so fascinating. Well, we just took a, a, another mission trip. We've been investing. Our church has been investing into these people for the last four years Needless to say, all the depression that I was struggling with went away because I could feel myself being fulfilled uh, in a way that I didn't know existed. Again, this is circling back around to surrendering and investing. So I shared the vision with you guys like four years ago. You guys got behind the vision. We've sent money over there. Every single month we send money over there. Many of you are partners. We send money over there. Well, we just took another trip this past week, and uh, 10 of us went up there, and uh, we, we were all just blown away. It was so funny, because you go all the way up these mountains with a truck, and then you walk through the bushes, and you look out there, and they don't have any running water. They, they don't have any electricity, but they have a cell phone. <laughs> It's like, seriously, is this happening? So I take a picture of the girl with a cell phone. She takes a picture of me, of me taking a picture of her with her cell phone. I'm like, this is a really weird world you guys live in. Um, but uh, they just, they, they had the industrial, uh, they, they had the, the uh, agricultural age. They skipped the industrial age and went straight to the technology age. That's exactly what happened. Um, but uh, I want to share with you uh, for the remainder of our time um, what happened uh, while we were there. Um, we're going to share a couple testimonies. And I'm going to show you a few videos. Um, but uh, the first one I'd like to come on up is... Um, Who's coming up first? Isa. Isa, why don't you come on up? Uh, we're going to have a few team members share, and then um, we're going to dismiss in just a moment. But Isa was one of our translators, and so thank God you were there. Um, why don't you tell everybody your, one of your experiences? Good morning, Celebration Church. My experience in Guatemala was phenomenal. First of all, I was with a really nice group of people there. Um, everyone that went, we just uh, formed a formidable team. 
Um, we had a lot of fun on our trip. Uh, we got the work accomplished. And I just thank the Lord for um, each and every one of the people who were there. Funny story was on the very first visit to the mountain churches, we went in these pickup trucks. Some of us were riding in the, inside the car and some of us were in, uh, others were in the back. And so the terrain is a little rugged. <laughs> and so we started going up uh, this one last hill that we had to go to before we had to walk down um, uh, like about half a mile to make it to the church that we were going to visit and bring the provision that um, we were going to bring into that church. You guys will see a little bit more of that in a minute. But um, <laughs> um, on our way there, on that very last hill, the car that we had, the truck that we had actually was not cooperating. <laughs> and so it's funny because uh, one of the people who went with us, Katrina said, she kept saying to me in English, she says, ask him if it's time for us to, to get off the, the truck. Ask him if, if the wisest thing would be for us to probably <laughs> leave the car here and just make it up the hill <laughs> without this car. And so I kind of waited a little bit, but then I had to translate, obviously, faithfully, exactly what she was saying to me. And so when I asked the driver, after a little bit of consideration, he decided that was probably going to be the smartest thing to do. So we started in the, you know, we he decided to park the the vehicle and then we went up the hill and it was just so much fun I just have to say um, the biggest impression for me was just meeting Pastor Renee and seeing um, just the fulfillment of his vision and his prayers how a long obedience pays off how a long obedience um, touches the heart of God and just to see God be so faithful to him and answer prayers that he's cried over many many years and to have celebration be part of that is absolutely phenomenal i consider myself a blessed woman and i just want to say thank you to pastor frankie and ali and thank you to the church for everything that you guys are doing over there god bless you thank you isa good morning my name is john langston and thank you to pastor and sarah for inviting me on the trip uh, I, too, remember that ride up the mountain. The, the funny part of that for me was we were taking big bags of corn. And Sam and I, who's going to share in a minute, were in the back of the pickup truck. And it was interesting because this road is going up the mountain. I mean, truly up the mountain. And so each side of the truck, Sam and I would get an opportunity to look over the edge. And I kept thinking, you know, they'll say he was serving the Lord when this truck went up the mountain. <laughs> And it was quite bumpy, but you know, a, a, a big bag of corn, and you'll see these in the videos, works great in the back of a pickup when you're riding back there. And the closer Sam and I got to this village to give this corn, we started saying, maybe we could keep one bag to sit on on the way down. <laughs> of course, we didn't do that. But it was, a, it was a great privilege and honor. I'll share one, quick, one other quick story. Uh, I was privileged to get an opportunity to speak at one of the churches. And after the sermon, we took some time to pray with people. And this man came over, and, and uh, Pastor Frankie came over and was ministering to him. And he started explaining how he was unhappy with his job. He was unhappy with his wife. He was unhappy with his children. He was unhappy with the church and the pastor. He didn't like where he lived. And uh, let's see, there was something else he was unhappy about. I've forgotten. All right, I couldn't keep up. And, you know, he wanted, his solution was that he wanted to move back. He had lived for a while I guess, in Nashville, Tennessee. 
And he wanted to move back there. That was his solution to solve all this. And by the way, he wasn't taking anybody with him. He was going to leave the family there. I thought it was interesting that, you know, typically in country music, when you play the song back, you get the dog back, the truck back, all that. He wanted to go back to Nashville. Okay. <laughs> but, but Pastor had said something. He listened, so Pastor Frankie listened to all this for a long time. And if you don't know real well, Pastor always says he doesn't do marriage counseling, okay? And then we have other, other people that do it. But he said the wisest thing to this man, and this, I hope, will, will help and bless somebody and, and tell this story. He said, well, sir, if you're unhappy with all these things in your life, the problem might be inside of you. And I thought there was a lot of wisdom. And we prayed with this man. We prayed with his wife. And, and pastor said to him, you know, you need to start. They had six children. He said, you need to be an example to your three sons about how to be a godly man who stays and sticks with it. And the last thing I saw when we walked out of that church, and of course I'm thinking all the things you're thinking like, we go to the mountains to another country and, and gee whiz, they have the same problems that we have, right? That's right? But the last thing I saw when we walked out of that church, that mountain church that frankly was built with some of our donations and some of your dad's church donations, was that man sitting in a chair, holding his little boy on his lap, and he was crying. So those three sons, right, what if they can grow up to be godly men? What could happen out of those three, three young men and those other children? And that's what you're giving and you're supporting us is really doing. And so, so I thank you. And, and again, Pastor, thank you for the opportunity. believer has a place in their heart that urges them to ask, what can I do for Jesus? How can I advance his kingdom? There's an epic life out there God has for each of us, and it's a life lived outside of ourselves. Jesus said, go, preach the gospel, raise the dead, heal the sick. We have the same mandate today that the disciples had 2,000 years ago. Celebration Church just returned from Kania, Chiho, Guatemala, and we can't wait to show you how the gospel of Jesus Christ is making a difference. The gospel is preached, the sick are healed, and the lost are being found. God still uses everyday people to change the world, and heaven gets crowded one soul at a time. The Lord El Señor is close. Is to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. You have fought the good fight. He's going to say, well done. Because he knows that you haven't had much help. Come to me. Preaching the gospel is not just about bringing a message, but meeting a need. 
The real need in the mountains of Guatemala is food. Celebration supports a feeding program in Chiho, and on this trip, we went even further into the mountains. Over 1,400 pounds of grain found its way to these local churches and to these pastors to help meet the needs of their congregations. The only thing in shorter supply than food is hope, but hope is being found. Hope means that a child sees a crayon for the first time, and they see a picture of a Bible story that they've read and heard a thousand times. Hope means that a woman in a home, cooking on a fire her ancestors taught her to use, sees a life beyond the one on earth. Hope means that a baby goes to the pediatrician. Hope means that the gospel continues to advance even after our plane leaves a beautiful rural village. Celebration Church, you ensure that the pastors have the tools they need to keep on preaching the gospel, raising the dead to life, and healing the sick. You make sure that the hands and feet of Jesus stay in Guatemala long after we've left. The Spirit of the Lord is on this church congregation. Pray for these pastors that are out there, like Pastor Renee, that he is trying to do something that most people cannot do on their own. People around the world all have the same needs. They just look different, feel different, sound different. The good news is humanity shares the same answer, Jesus. We serve a Savior who traveled dusty roads, who met around humble campfires, who always sought the one in the midst of a crowd. We serve a Savior who said, go, and I'll go with you. You know, um, I went on this trip for, for a few reasons. Number one, I've realized that I've got to go on these trips to keep my heart ripe. I don't know how to explain that. I, I need to keep my heart right. Um, the other reason why I went is we send them money every single month. Half of what they receive comes from my father's church. The other half comes from our church. Uh, they don't get it from anywhere else. And so with the amount of money that we send every month, I want to know, well, what's happened since the last time I was here? What's happened with that money? Uh, they need to be accountable for it, just like... I'm a, we have a business team that oversees every dollar that comes in and out of this building. So we go up there, and you know what I saw? The last time I was there, they had a church, Pastor Renee, who's over everything that's up there. He had a church of about 80 people. Two years later, after we've been sending money faithfully every month, his church is deep over 100, lots of men, before there was just mostly women and children, lots of men. Then the next night we had another service for the teenagers, over a hundred teenagers were there. Now there's six churches in the mountains. What's interesting is when we got up those mountains, I was like, I wonder how big these churches are. It's probably like 10 or 15 people. There's nearly a hundred over each church that we saw. This, he is so fruitful. And I told him, I said, look, I can clearly see that every dollar we've sent you, your ministry has grown because of it. More people, over 150 children get fed there every single week. Every single week, over 150 people, every single week. 
Now, if, if you're a guest here, you may say, okay, how does this fit into the overall vision of the church? Our vision is to be a source of strength locally and globally. Locally and globally. A source of strength locally and globally. So when you come in here as your family, we understand that the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. So we've got to make sure that each individual that comes through these doors is getting stronger because us together can do more than we can do by ourselves. And so we've been doing some pretty phenomenal things. And I just want to bring up uh, Davina um, and then Sam. Uh, Why don't you make them feel comfortable real quick? Good morning, Celebration Church. My name is Davina Slavic, and I had the most amazing opportunity to uh, go on this mission trip. Um, A funny story is is that um, I don't have a fear of flying on a big airplane. (laughs) But when we landed, when we landed in Guatemala City uh, off of United Airlines, um, the bus took us over to another part of the uh, airport. And um, I figured, okay, we're gonna catch a bus. And then I realized catching some sort of a bus to the village is about a six hour drive. I said, wow, that's gonna be rough. Well, I then found out we were gonna take a charter flight. And I said, well, which flight is that? And I looked out the window and I'm like, that plane? I'm like, oh my gosh, that means the propellers are right here, right next to you. But you know, even though we went from a big plane to a small plane and then landed on a dirt landing, (laughs) it's like in between the cornfields, I felt God's presence the whole entire time. I knew that everything and anything that we were doing or going to do, he had his hand in it. He had favor over us. And... I finally had a point in my life where I said, I'm tired of being a spectator. I'm going to be a participant. And this trip really spoke to my heart. And I just, I would encourage anyone who may feel that, that nudge of maybe trying it out, seeing what it's about, to go with that. Because that, to me, was God speaking to me. And I thank Celebration Church for what they're doing. For Pastor Renee, um, the uh, Pastor Frankie's dad's church also investing in this. I mean, to be the liaison from here to there is just amazing. And, and I, you can just see the blessing that those people are getting. And uh, you, you couldn't ask for anything else. And I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, Celebration Church and Pastor Frankie, Allie. Thank you so much. It meant a lot to me and a lot to my family. Thank you. You know, I think uh, we, we all went down there expecting to give something and in return uh, personally and I think all of us personally I received so much more I, a revival happened in my life when we went to church with them Wednesday night and uh, Pastor Frankie spoke and then they began to pray they all began to pray the whole church erupted in prayer and, and it was deep from the, from the depth of their hearts. And that impressed me uh, really beyond words. And every time I look at the, the video, I, uh, uh, I feel that again. I almost begin to shed tears because the depth of their faith was uh, reviving to me. And earlier, I, I, the thing that's changed in my life is my prayer life. When I saw those strong 
people living the way that they live, and yet they have a deep prayer, deep faith. They don't live in despair. They live with the depths and the fruits of the Spirit. And, and that was the greatest witness and the life-changing event for me, uh, seeing that happen. And, and actually a bit of uh, pride knowing that, you know, I'm a part of that. And then one last story. We, there was this little boy that followed us around uh, uh, the, the area and didn't say a word or two. But I think I heard him say, bueno, one time. Uh, sweet. I call him Edward. What's his, his, I can't remember his name. Anyway, um, Edward is close. But, uh, but the thing is, one day we're sitting on a picnic table, and, and I had a bag of candy. And I... Uh, looked at him. He wasn't begging for it. He wasn't asking for it. He was just sitting there. And I set a piece out and I put it in front of him. And I said, you can have that. And then he took it. That was a witness to me because he didn't ask or beg or plead. He humbly just sat there. And I said, you know, that's the way it ought to be with God is that just wait on God. God will give us the things that we need, the things that we want, the desires of our hearts, the blessings that come to us if we just wait on Him. And those two things have really uh, changed my life, knowing, uh, changed my prayer life. As I said earlier, it has catapulted uh, my prayer life and thus drawn me closer to God to wait on Him and His blessings. And I appreciate the opportunity, Pastor Frankie and Sarah, for uh, giving me the opportunity to be a part of that mission. Thank you. So we all know we're supposed to go, but what are we supposed to do today? Let me introduce you to the man of God that Celebration is supporting in Guatemala. Agradecemos a, a la Iglesia Celebración y a Pastor Frankie por todo lo que nos han ayudado. Queremos decirle a la Iglesia que lo que estamos haciendo aquí, estamos trabajando con los jóvenes, hemos uh, impactado a los jóvenes y estamos uh, pasando el llamado a, una, a, un, a otra generación. También en las montañas estamos llegando a los pastores, trabajando con ellos. Y, y han sido de grande bendición todo lo que nos han ayudado. Con lo que nos han ayudado hemos podido alcanzar más gente, podemos llegar a otros lugares y poder movernos a, a, a hacer actividades con jóvenes y, y con los pastores. Queremos que se unan al, al, al trabajo que estamos haciendo porque Dios nos ha llamado para poder servir y lo, lo único que, que vamos a tener cuando lleguemos al cielo es lo que hemos dado. standing in front of the Life Center that we built. Uh, last year we sent $50,000 uh, to complete this project. And so behind me uh, is a beautiful structure that's built with two purposes in mind. Number one, uh, there are pastors all in the mountains that have these congregations that uh, Pastor Renee oversees. And so rather than going up there and visiting these satellites, if you will, these satellite churches, uh, he now has a place where he can bring these pastors down and train them individually and corporately together. 
Uh, and then also it expands our feeding ministry to where we may be able to start feeding them not just one or two days a week, we might be able to start feeding them seven days a week now. Uh, furthermore, whenever missions teams, like if any of you want to come uh, to Guatemala, uh, we have a facility that we can now carry, uh, we can bring more teams, we can bring more people uh, to come visit with these wonderful people of Guatemala. Y, y queremos darle las gracias a todos los socios que nos han estado ay ayudando y queremos decirle que es, ha sido de grande bendición para nosotros y estamos muy contentos, estamos bien agradecidos y les decimos de aquí muchas gracias. Amén. You know, uh, we were trying to learn their names while we were there, and there was this one particular uh, girl that kept on serving us, and I was like, I got to learn her name. If I don't learn anyone else's name, it's got to be her name. And so uh, I, I kept on asking, they says, Mari, Mari, Mari. And I, I couldn't, I was having so much trouble saying Mari, Mari. And so I said, spell it. You know, it was through a translator. And they said, okay, it's M-A-R-Y. I was like, it's nice to meet you, Mary. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, hey, for the last several years, um, we have had this campaign where people give $10 a month and we send it all to Guatemala. And uh, if you're not a part of that campaign, I'd love for you to join us today, uh, if you would. Uh, the way you do it is you grab that offering envelope in front of you and, um, and you put your bank card information on there so we can make an automatic deposit into their account. You say, well, why do we got to do bank, uh, a bank card? Well, I don't want their meals. When you're dealing with food, it's a completely different ballgame. I don't want their meals. And again, we feed over 100 people every week. I don't want their meals being contingent upon our church attendance and our memory. Does that make sense? And so if you ever want it to stop, several people have stopped over years. Several people have stopped. You just call up and say, hey, I need it to stop. It stops. Um, and so, but I would like for you to join that. And that's what he was saying. And I told Pastor Renee, I said, clearly, you guys need more money. And I said, the only way that's going to happen is if we get more partners. So be praying for partners. So they're all praying that people will jump on that team today. Second thing I want to say is this. Pastor Renee and his wife... They've been living in an adobe hut for years and years. I think it was like 19 years. When I saw the adobe hut, I told them, I said, we're going to build you a house. So we raised money, Celebration Church, we raised money over a year ago and built them a house. So we build the house. We see pictures of the house. We're excited. Our team goes there, and he's not living in the house. Very awkward, right? Very awkward. So the team, we're the only ones that speak English, right? The team, why aren't they living in the house, Pastor? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to find out, right? And so they're still in this adobe house with no running water, no electricity. They're putting their head in a bucket. His beautiful wife is bathing in a bucket. And I'm like, oh, trust me, we're going to get some answers. Just hold on. And so later on, they take us into the house. Beautiful house. We built them a beautiful house. I wish you could see the house that we built them. It is so beautiful. So I asked them, I said, why aren't you living in the house? He said, well, we don't have any furniture to put in the house. 
We don't, we don't have an oven. We don't have a stove to make tortillas. Um, we, we don't have a couch. We don't have anywhere to sit. And it dawned on me that in their adobe house that they have, they didn't need furniture. Um, and so I said, you know what? I understand. I get it. And the house that we built him has more bedrooms than what he needs so that he can bring those pastors out of the mountains to stay in his house. I said, give me a list. Add it up. What do you need to move in here? Came up to like $9,950 or something. I said, so you need $10,000. He said, yeah. I said, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go get some partners. But I'm also going to take up an offering to raise $10,000. You're going to move in that house. His wife starts crying. I said, we can raise $10,000. So in the same envelope that you're writing your $10 per month commitment, um, let's take up an offering. Um, If you don't want to participate in the monthly commitment, that's okay. Maybe you want to participate in the offering only. But uh, it's $10,000 to move that family in the house. And, And what happens at that point, like I said, he built more bedrooms It's very hard to give this guy money because we give him money to feed his family and he gives it away. It's it's phenomenal. This guy's a man of God like no one I've ever seen before. And so so we want to take up an offering right now to move that family into the house. And uh, I just want to say that the fruit that we're seeing is unbelievable. Uh, Their church is growing. The churches in the mountains are growing. And let me say this. The Bible says this in Philippians. Uh, Paul said this. He goes... He goes, I'm not asking you to give for my sake. I'm asking you to give that it may be accredited to your account. So there is an actual savings account, if you will, to use our vernacular in heaven. Whatever is happening in Guatemala, when you stand before God, you get honored for that. You get honored for what happens in Guatemala. And so I just want you to know you have another reason to look forward to going to heaven. 